Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 59. Today, my friends, I have a very special guest that I am so excited for you to uh, tune into. His name is Kevin Bellek, aka The Sober Ginger, over on Instagram. I've been wanting to ask him to come on the podcast for a while. I've been following him for a while. We followed each other, actually, for quite some time now. And I met him through A Thousand Hours Dry, which is this amazing account over on Instagram. I'm going to just shamelessly plug them. This isn't sponsored or anything, but... They're a really great account if you're looking to ditch alcohol or even kind of um, sort of, you know, cut back on your alcohol consumption. So he is somebody who has such an amazing voice in the sober community and the sober space. And he's so open and vulnerable about his journey. And he offers so much insight. So we had an amazing conversation today that I can't wait for you guys to hear. We talk about so many things within the subset of sobriety. So we dive into big alcohol and all of their kind of sneaky marketing tactics. He actually touches a lot on the labeling stuff that has to do with alcohol, which I think is really interesting. So we talk about that. We dive into, you know, accountability. And he even opens up about his journey in particular with um, eliminating alcohol from his life, which I thought was uh, super interesting to hear because in this space, all of us have such a unique story of what kind of leads us to ultimately wanting to um, eliminate alcohol from the equation. So yeah, we had such an incredible chat. Kevin is an amazing guy. He's also an amazing resource for anybody um, looking to kind of dip their toe into sobriety, uh, sober curious, you know, alcohol free, whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever you want to kind of um, say it is. But yeah, we really touch it all. So if you are interested in sort of hearing somebody else's perspective um, on their sobriety journey, then you're definitely going to want to hear today's episode. So yeah, without further ado, my friends, we're just going to go ahead and get into it. So stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast. I am super excited uh, for today's guest. This is Kevin Black, aka The Sober Ginger on Instagram. I've been following you for a while, and I've actually been meaning to ask you on the podcast for for quite some time, ever since I sort of stumbled upon A Thousand Hours Dry and some of the people in that space. So Kevin, super excited to have you on. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate this. It's cool. Yeah, of course. So I figured we'd kind of take today as an opportunity. I've had a few other people on in the kind of sober alcohol free space. And I think it's just such an amazing topic. And I think there's so much to dive into it with. So, um, you know, I think a great place to start would really just be your background. I know that everyone in this community has such a different story and a different relationship with alcohol. So um, go ahead and kind of just, you know, give us your story. Okay, uh, sure. Uh, Thank you. so, you know, I never really drank much until I went to college. Uh, that was really my introduction, probably like a lot of people, but I know a lot of people start earlier than that. But, uh, um, you know, so I, I get to college and I just immediately turned into, you know, a good uh, binge drinker and uh, social drinker. Uh, but, you know, there's always social things happening. So it, it wasn't hard. Um so that was really where I started uh, my drinking career, I guess. Um, and, you know, going through, you know, it's pretty much, you know, I was in a fraternity. I played football for two years. It, it was kind of those cultures too, like, were big, uh, you know, drinking cultures and things like that. So, uh, it, you know, all that led to just, you know, kicking me off uh, with a binge drinking issue, which you don't think about it at the time, but uh, yeah. that definitely started me down that road. So, 
you know, fast forward four years, you know, I start, you know, I'm an accountant. So, you know, I started a, a big four accounting firm and, you know, that's a very kind of, you know, work hard, play hard culture, you know, you got dead, you know, big deadlines and you're working hundred hour weeks and things like that, uh, especially, you know, early on. And, uh, you know, that leads to end of busy season, happy hour or parties and, you know, happy hours and just drinking with friends and unwinding and, and doing that. So it was kind of like college 2.0. Now I have, mo- now I have some money too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's how that continued. Um, so I was probably like 27 and you know, I got a new job You know, we, we just got a new house. We, you know, uh, my daughter was born and that kind of, you know, switching jobs kind of, you know, made everything like die down a little bit on that side and just had more responsibilities and things like that. So, you know, I kind of cruised along for a while then for a number of years into my thirties, uh, without really any issues. Um, you know, I, I working more, working out less, uh, drinking more, you know, that kind of thing. So then there's the weight gain and stuff like that, that comes along with it, which I would notice and I would try to do something about, uh, without getting rid of alcohol, of course, um, got to keep that in. Hmm. Uh, but then like, I was probably 35 and, uh, you know, work started picking up more and we had this huge project that kind of, uh, had me working 24, seven, 365 really that year. Um, and that, uh, and, and kind of leading up to that, like my social drinking, my binge drinking, you know, more and more, it would be like, Oh, I'd have a beer when I got home from work or, you know, that would kind of creep in. And, you know, so I, I, it just started creeping in everywhere. And then, you know, that kind of stressor hit and, you know, I learned a lot that year. It was great. You know, I don't regret, you know, anything about, you know, any of this stuff. It's not like it was my job's fault. Um, I just didn't have good coping mechanisms to handle the stress. Like I had the one that worked well up to that point and that was alcohol. Um, so I just leaned into that hard and, uh, you know, so that year it was a lot of late night drinking. Like I would, you know, be at work and I would, I would work, come home and work till like 10, 11, 12 at night. And then I'd be like, all right, well, I'm wired now. I drank way too much coffee and yeah. I'm wired now. So I got to come down. So now I got to drink and, you know, have some time to myself. Right. You got to have that time to yourself, even though you know, sleep would be much better. Um, yeah. So that really, you know, that year led into, you know, a big implementation the next year of what we just did, which led into, you know, our company being a target for acquisition, which led to more work. And, you know, so it just kind of snowballed and, and kind of got out of hand for me as far as, uh, you know, my drinking was concerned because I just used it everywhere. Um, and more and more I was, you know, ended up in the basement at night, uh, you know, falling asleep on the couch only to wake up at, couple hours later at five o'clock in the morning with, you know, here, my wife starting to shower upstairs right above me. Uh, and then I get up and go sleep for a couple more hours and, uh, you know, wake up, drink a bunch of coffee to get me going, work a bunch of hours, drink, and then yeah. start to cycle over again. Um, that's, that was pretty much, you know, my kind of drinking trajectory. Uh, it was, it was a lot early on. It, it kind of died down and then it's just started ramping up again uh, until, uh, you know, I started in 2018, you know, getting some negative health 
consequences and, and reports and, uh, you know, all my numbers were going up and, uh, you know, my doctor ordered ultrasound, got an ultrasound on my liver, you know, I had fatty liver or wow. fatty liver still, who knows? Yeah. Um, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, but still I just kept drinking. I kept waking up in the morning with my liver hurting or, you know, my organs swollen, like my liver swollen right around it and everything was tender, but I'm like, okay, well, I can't do this anymore. That that's a problem. Like, yeah. And, and yeah, you'd think that would be a red flag, right? I mean, but, <laughs> and it, it, what, it is a red flag. You would think I would have done something right away about it, but I still was like, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm not ready to change this yet. Um, so I just kept going. I would try like a sober month here and there, you know, fail early and just quit, uh, that kind of thing. And just try to do it by myself uh, until the end of that year when I was like, okay, something needs to change. I can't keep doing this. Um, so that's when I started looking at my options. Um, and I didn't have any, like from, for myself, you know, personally back then, this was at end of 2018, early 2019, it was like AA or keep drinking. Yeah. And that's what I knew. Uh, and you know, just Googling things and searching for it and then reading up on AA. And I was just like, that doesn't like fit well with me. Like I don't, I don't like a lot of the things that, uh, they're saying I have to do or say, or, or be or whatever. And, you know, looking back on it, would it have, would it have been great for me if I would have went? Yes, I think it would have been, but, uh, it just wasn't, I don't know how long I would have lasted though, because I, I just, I just can't get around some of the, uh, the things, but that's just me. Like it does help a lot of people. So, but that was, that was the thing. Like I, you know, and if, plus if I had to go somewhere, you know, I know myself, like I'm going to take the path of least resistance, but I have to go somewhere every day to a meeting and, and all that stuff. We didn't have zoom back then. I mean, this didn't yeah. exist. <laughs> I mean, this is two years, two or three years ago and this didn't exist, uh, or it was in its infancy or not as well known. Uh, there were other options, but people didn't do that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I attribute, I was thinking about this earlier. Like I always think about this, like I attribute the, uh, a big kick in my ass to, uh, Russell Brand because I've read his book recovery. Oh, wow. Um, and it, 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 he's kind of, he's, the, you know, kind of saying like, Hey, it doesn't work for everybody, but you know, he reframes those steps to, uh, you know, make it more modern or spiritual versus, you know, higher power and God and things like that. Um, so I, I listened to it and I still didn't, it still didn't give me the push I needed, but it did give me some things that I took away. Like the one thing, the one big thing was like, are you on your own? Fuck yourself is what he said. Um, and you know, that stuck out to me because I'm like, no, I can't, I don't, I can't do this on my own. I already tried it on my own. Right. I've tried to stop or cut back and it just doesn't work it's just a vicious cycle of back and forth yeah. and, um so you know in january of 2019 i ended up uh sitting on my couch one night drunk and signed up for online therapy um that was one of the other things i found in my searching um and i was like you know what let me try this and see if this works i had no idea uh I just pulled the trigger. Like if I, it's the same thing. If I would have had to go to a therapist once a week, once a month, whatever, like, I don't know if that would have worked. I don't know if right. that would have been enough. I don't know if I would have kept going. Like that would have been my thing. So 
uh, just knowing yourself, I think is a big, uh, what's going to work for you, maybe. Um, then fast forward two and a half years plus later, and we're talking here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there's yada, 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 yada. Yeah. There's so much, um, there's so much to unpack with what you just said. I want to say, um, first of all, I think it's really interesting that you, um, I relate to your story a lot. Like in college, I never really drank before I went to college, but then once I got into that scene, it was like binge drinking, you know, every week, four times a week. And that was just the norm. Like it was just a part of the culture. Um, and it was almost just expected of you to do that. Right. And it's like, if you didn't yeah, do that, absolutely. then you were somehow, you know, an outcast or didn't fit in. So, um, I relate to that a lot. And I also relate to the, um, like you said, you worked in, uh, finance to like that rat race of the corporate job. I only had a corporate job for like four months, but I felt that same pressure. Like it was insane hours. And that was the way that you were just expected to cope with all the stress was like going to happy hour, going to boozy brunch with your friends on the weekends. And like, that was your way to kind of unplug and reset. And, um, I, I wound up quitting that job and, you know, pursuing the fitness path instead. And I think that was like the first sort of turning point, but I still struggled with binge drinking even after that. Um, okay. and it wasn't until like the end of 2019 that I had a spiritual awakening and, um, everything kind of just clicked for me. Um, uh, but I relate to that so much. And I feel like that's something that people don't talk about enough is just the, obviously we understand as a society, like the pressure in college to drink. Yeah. I think it runs rampant. Um, but it also runs rampant in the corporate world and the adult world. Yeah. And I know so many people in my age bracket, and I'm sure you do too, that are still doing the same stuff we did in college. They're still coping with the stress in that same way. And they find themselves saying, I'm so hungover, I'm never drinking again. And then yeah. the next weekend, it's the same thing. And it's like this um, this vicious cycle. So it's kind of interesting to hear that you um, you had that in college and then you kind of took a step away, you leveled yeah. off, and then it sort of like picked back up again. So um, I thought that was really fascinating, but, um, there's, there's so much that I want to kind of like tap into. Um, and you touched on a little bit too, is just how, how different things work for different people. And I think with like sobriety and going alcohol free is that it's, this is something that is definitely not one size fits all. If, if that, if there's anything I've learned, um, and I'm sure you can attest to this, that different people are going to have a different approach that works for them. Like you said, AA was something that didn't resonate for you. It was something that certainly wouldn't resonate for me. Um, and there's nothing in wrong with that, right? I think it's important to, um, you know, understand that there's so many, so many different paths. So I know you said Russell Brand kind of, you know, flipped that switch for you a little bit and, and therapy too. Um, was there anything else that kind of, you know, woke you up and was like, okay, this is something that's working for me. This is, this is something that I'm vibing with. Well, I mean, so th- I, when I started therapy, uh, he, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was still like, cause I, I drank all my feelings down. Right. I mean, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't share, I didn't open up, like even my wife, like, you know, how, how's it going? Like she could tell I'm stressed. I'm like, I'm fine. You know, it, that kind of thing. And I think that's yeah. common too. It's just oh, like, yeah. I'm fine. Like, don't, I'm not, I'm not here to burden you with whatever, or I, you know, I don't want to be, uh, you know, lesser than because I share something, you know, like, so, I mean, that was, was big for me, which is another reason why I think therapy helped me so much was because I could sit here and talk to this person and open up to them without, you know, fear of whatever, yeah, <laughs> anything, fear of anything really. Um, but it also like, it helped me because it was on my phone, like it was right in my pocket. And it was uh, a, a kind of a weekly check-in call. And then I could message anytime, like text. And that became my journal. 
And, you know, as I had these, not like for everything, but like for, you know, the alcohol related things, like I would, you know, get a craving and I would immediately go in there and just pull out my phone and start typing and, you know, start just kind of unloading why, like figuring it out and all that. Um, so, I mean, that's really what got me then into journaling by myself, like just you know, anything that came up for alcohol or, or anything, like I would just, you know, open up my journal app and I would just kind of unload in there. Uh, I couldn't sleep because I had thoughts rolling everywhere, open up the journal app and, and unload it all. And guess what? I can sleep then, yeah. uh, you know, those, that type of thing. So that really helped me, um, you know, just listening to, uh, podcasts, uh, audiobooks, like on my way to, on my way to and from work, I would all, I would be just devour audiobooks. Uh, yeah. you know, when people start like this naked mind is always the number one book I recommend to people. I'm like, just, just read that and just see what you think. Um, if you're looking, if you know people who are curious and looking, like I just, it's, it's an easy way to to hop in. Go listen to a podcast. Go, you know, mm. just kind of. I kept just going and learning. Uh, so that was like therapy, and that was like my two main uh, sources of information, really, um, yeah. because it wasn't for months until you know, I, you know. It's not like I jumped into the sober Instagram community, or I didn't even know it existed back then. Same. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, and even when I did jump in, it was like, I, I did it. I, I didn't know, you know, I shared for three months and I didn't have one follower because I had my account private. I was just posting pictures for myself. It was just yeah. another daily kind of, you know, and that was another thing like, you know, was creating kind of daily tasks, like in the morning, like how am I going to start my morning and, and what can I do to help myself? Uh, start this day better and get through it without drinking at the time. Yeah. It's almost like a, a way to hold yourself accountable. I, I know a lot of people that have, um, you know, private accounts or they're not necessarily ready to kind of, you know, share um, that they've, you know, let go of alcohol, but they post a lot and they kind of remain anonymous. And um, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, I quit drinking on December 31st of 2019, so it was a while after you did. But um, when I first started, I had no idea how many resources there were out there. Like, I knew that AA was a thing, but I knew that it wasn't something that was going to work for me. And I just sort of, you know, went along the first six months, really. I I kept it to myself. I didn't tell anyone just because I was afraid of judgment. And, you know, back to what you're saying, the fear of being vulnerable, the fear of, you know, um, anything that comes with kind of, you know, putting yourself out there in that way. Um, but then I, I stumbled upon a thousand hours dry. That was really the first, you know, um, wake up call to me. And I was like, oh, my God, there's so many other people out there that are experiencing the same thing. And they're, you know, talking about their journey. And that was such a source of motivation for me. And it allowed me to connect with so many incredible people. It let me find you, too. So yeah. um, I'm kind of curious, like when a thousand hours dry sort of came into your life, like when you found them. Uh, it was actually before I, I created my the Sober Ginger account because um, I created that in August of 2019, and I was probably like four months because my my last drink was April 28th of 2019. Wow! Um, so for a couple months there, you know, I had my old Instagram account where I would, you know, post all my beer and whiskey and barbecue pictures and all that <laughs> stuff. That that was yeah. what it was. It was always the the best picture of a glass of something like right before, yeah. you know, I had 10 more of them. Um, <laughs> but 
so I would start, I would kind of follow from that page a little bit. And then, you know, so I think it was that summer uh, whenever I kind of did my first, I don't know if it was started in August um, or it was somewhere around there uh, whenever, and they, and they were fairly new. I think that was when I was drive started in April of that year, 2019. Yeah. Um, so that was new. So I kind of just stumbled upon it. I had no idea. And I just like what they were putting out as far as uh, I just love the information. And, and that's the thing, like I'm more of, you know, give me the facts, uh, give me some tools to help and, you know, let me figure this out as I go. And I keep, you know, then I just keep building upon that um, and using what works. But, uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much whenever I found them because I did find a, a, a story on my old account where, you know, I was, three months, I hit three months and I said something about a thousand hours dry coming up in a couple of days and starting that. And, oh, wow. You know, so, so yeah, I was, that's when I started following them and, and then I created this account um, yeah. on my therapist's, uh, I, it was my therapist's idea because she, you know, I, I would see oh, wow. all those one year ago pictures of my drinks and things like that. And I kind of mm-hmm. got triggered a little bit. So I said something yeah. to her about it and She's like, you know, she's like, well, why don't you start sharing better pictures now? And then next year at this time, you'll have better things to look at. And, you know, she put it some, some way like that. And so I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. So I started this account and I just started posting pictures and that was it. Yeah. Just for me. <laughs> wow. It's, it's kind of cool, like hearing how people start with it. And I don't know if you feel this way, but, um, like I said, and like you kind of shared too, at, at the start, you were, you know, not as willing to be vulnerable, but, um, it's funny because in my head, when I first decided to stop drinking, I had all of these assumptions about what people around me were going to think when I told them that I stopped drinking, that they were going to yeah. label me as, you know, somebody that was an alcoholic or had a problem yeah. or, uh, would view me differently. And, um, it's kind of funny cause I feel like the opposite has been true for me. And I'm, I, I don't know if it has in your case, but, um, as soon as I've started to be vulnerable and open about my journey, I've had so many people reach out to me. Um, and there's so many other people out there that are kind of struggling with the same thing, but I think are a little too afraid to say it. So I think it's awesome that, you know, people like you are, are speaking out about it. Well, and, and that's what helped me, right? I mean, yeah. because I, because I dipped my, my, I stuck my head out just a little bit. Uh, you know, right around the time whenever you uh, were stopping drinking, like at the end of 2019, early yeah. January of that next year, like that's kind of when I was, you know, just kind of dipping my toe in this like sharing thing online. And, you know, but every time I did, it was like someone would connect with it and say, you know, you know, oh, me too. Or thank you. Like, thank you for sharing this. Like, I really needed this today or something like that. And that kind of just like, okay, I should, I have these thoughts. I should put them out there because other people obviously have them too. And, you know, get support for myself and other people. Uh, And it kind of just, you know, little by little, you know, just kept getting more comfortable with it. And yeah, more people would reach out to me, friends, family, and, and on the side, send me DMs and, um, been like yeah you know i've been thinking about this too and it's just kind of funny like whenever you start sharing it gives other people the uh opportunity to do the same it gives them you know whenever you kind of do something you give them uh approval or whatever you know not not explicitly but yeah uh, just implicitly you give them the approval to do the same if they want to yeah it's almost like a gentle uh a gentle nudge of encouragement right to get them to do it and 
Um, that's what motivated me was finding other people out there that were speaking out about it. And then I, I remember the first person, I don't know if you know, Alex McRobbs, um, sober yoga girl. So she was, I, I just did a yoga uh, class with her last week. Oh, wow. Was, she, yeah. she's amazing. Um, and she was like the first person that I had on this podcast. And I was so nervous to put that episode out because that was like my, my first, um, you know, sort of like announcement to, to the world and to everybody that I had ditched alcohol. And that was uh, a little over six months. So it was a, a little while until I really, you know, felt comfortable with that. But once that happened um, and I realized, you know, like her community, I started connecting with more people than a thousand hours dry came into the equation. And I was like, wait a minute, like this, this is something that should be talked about because obviously there's other people that are in the same boat, like you said. And I think that it's so important um, for people to just be open and to be um, to be honest about their journey. And if, if someone's listening to this and they're not comfortable, you know, putting their face out there yet, I know a lot of people that aren't, um, just even post for yourself. Like you said, that accountability that comes from just, you know, showing up for yourself, even in like the smallest, uh, way I think can make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if you don't want to do that, like, you know, just send somebody a message, like DM me, DM you and just be like, Hey, you know, I don't really know where to start. Like, what do you think? Like, I'm not going to go share that with anybody. Yeah. Uh, You know, I keep all those confidential and things like that. But, you know, it's just like, you know, just ask somebody. There's tons of people out there. So if you kind of click with somebody or you feel like you can ask somebody something, like, do it. Um, And and if it helps you to share, do that. Uh, If you want to be anonymous, you can. I mean, there's all those options available to you. And that's what's nice about it. Uh, search hashtags for sure. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I recommend to people if they're looking is like, you know, just go look at the hashtags on Instagram and look at, you know, alcohol free or sober curious or sober or, you know, anything like that. Um, and you'll find all these accounts and people. Yeah. And there's so much, um, there's so much potential to connect with other people through those hashtags. Like I certainly have. And even back to something you were saying earlier is, so many of these accounts present information that I, I don't think that mainstream media like presents to us enough of just kind of the health right. negative effects of alcohol, which has been so eye opening to me. And I think it's been a part of my journey uh, as, as I'm sure it has for years. So I kind of want to like pivot a little bit, sort of switch gears. Yeah. Um, big alcohol is something that I really wanted to talk about um, and kind of just how toxic their marketing is. So yeah. I, I'm kind of curious, like, your insight and your perspective into how you see big alcohol sort of, you know, perpetuating this narrative that we need to have it, you know, to unwind. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a big alcohol issue, just like big tobacco. Um, yeah. When we're referring to that, it's just all of the, the alcohol industry itself. Um, it, but the problem is, is to start is it's everywhere, right? It's always been everywhere. And so, you know, I mean, it is big alcohol teaming with Hollywood and getting it into movies and making it look cool. Unless, you know, you don't see anybody really drunk unless it's Animal House or unless that person has a problem. I just yeah. did air quotes problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, so, I mean, everybody's just doing it normally, you know, and all that. Uh don't even get me started on advertising because yeah, like it's one thing not even hitting the like uh, clean, healthy kind of side of things that they're pushing now, but like just the absolute ridiculousness of some of these commercials. It's like, you know, do you really think, you know, Mila Kunis drinks Jim Beam 
when she's sitting at home. You really think Snoop Dogg is sitting there with Coronas right now? Like, you know, it's just that, yeah. kind, of, that kind of marketing and I kind of just do an eye roll with. And it's just like, okay, whatever. Um, but then now it's more, it, it's now everybody's trying to be healthy, the trillion dollar health industry. And hey, people are going to drink. So let's put these, let's make clean, organic, antioxidant enriched alcohols uh, or take drinks like kombucha and make it hard kombucha, <laughs> you know, like take my yeah. seltzer here and, you know, make it a uh, hard seltzer and just take away all the barriers of uh, anybody having any issue with drinking, right? Because uh, like, kid, you know, kids are, can pick up a hard seltzer and be like, oh, this tastes good. Yeah. You know, I, I, what, what were my options? Like beer or like hmm. liquor? Like, I mean, there's yeah. nothing like, so I feel like, you know, alcohol is basically like the gateway drug now with all these kind of seltzers and things out there. Now that's whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I feel, I feel old when I be, say stuff like that, but, um, no, you're fine, <laughs> but no, it's just the fact that you can't, you know, your body can't absorb nutrients or like these vitamins whenever your body, your body, when it drinks alcohol, it's first task is to process that alcohol out of your body so yeah. you know i'm gonna for the record just in case anybody missed it the first time around i'm an accountant so i'm not a doctor or anything here but i read stuff uh so you know your body can't absorb these nutrients that you think you're getting or you know just because it's clean uh grapes that go into the wine like it's still alcohol like there's nothing organic about alcohol it's a it's a carcinogen so yeah you know, the fact that you're able to to kind of portray it as almost like a health, a healthy thing, um, is wrong. Uh, and the, my biggest pet peeve with it, I think is the labeling. Um, you know, I think there should be a nutrition label on alcohol with actual nutritional facts about the alcohol. Uh, you know, I know I, I said something like this before and you get people who are really like, well, nobody's going to look at that. Nobody cares. People care. Like yeah. people, you know, how many, grams of carbs are in a white cloth two grams that's what it says on the nutritional label now because they have added stuff but they they don't have to list anything about the alcohol so they say 100 calories with two grams of carbs on it no fat no protein so i think that accounts for eight calories out of 100 so what's the yeah. other 92 what's the other 92 like people don't think that they're people think that this is like you know, keto friendly and stuff yeah. like that. And, and it's, it's just not like there's probably 25 mm -hmm. grams of carbs in there, Yeah, uh, but they don't have to list it because they don't have to list anything with alcohol yet. Whenever I have a bottle of water, I got the nutrition facts on there. It has to be there. It's, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be all zero, but it has to be there. Um, but alcohol, this thing that we're, that everybody's putting in their body everywhere doesn't need to be labeled. That's probably my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. And not, and one last thing is just like the, the fact that the same, you know, don't operate a, a vehicle while under the influence and don't drink if you're pregnant label that's been there for how many years. Uh, how about the fact that, you know, alcohol causes, you know, increases your risk of cancer. What about that kind yeah. of label? Um, but people like, I, I just heard the other day that, you know, uh, only a third of people know that who were pulled, uh, know that alcohol increases your risk of cancer. Wow. 
uh, when it's a known carcinogen that the American Cancer Society itself came out last year and said, you know, if you're looking to reduce your risk of cancer, it is best not to drink alcohol. Uh, they didn't say moderation, one or two, yeah. or anything like that. So uh, I feel like I didn't I'm... get that. Siri didn't get Neither do I, Siri. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to step off my soapbox here. Uh, I don't want to go off on too, too yeah, much no. Tirade, but no, no, no. I'm, I, um, I'm loving like hearing your perspective because, um, I think in my mind, like when I think about the marketing, I think more of like you know the social thing, and then there was that whole, um, Tropicana scandal, which I'm sure you heard yeah. about, which was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, if anyone's listening to this, there was this ad of a woman locking herself in her bathroom, hiding away from her kids, making herself a mimosa, like as her way to kind of cope with the stress of parenting, which yeah. is wrong on so many levels. That's a whole different tangent, but. Um, I think it's so under discussed the the health labeling with alcohol, which I think is is so interesting that you're bringing this up because I think we forget that alcohol is a toxin, right? It serves zero function in the body. And like you said, the first response of your body is is to get rid of it. So it's like you've got all this kind of silly marketing telling you, oh, well, you have somebody that's young or naive doesn't realize they're like, oh, well, I'm drinking a hard seltzer and it has antioxidants. So I've got like my vitamin C for the day. And it's like, that is not how it works at all. And it's just, um, I think it's really damaging that, um, that, that they're tricking people into thinking that it's something healthy and even to kind of extend off of it. It's like, I've had this discussion with, uh, some other people that have come on the podcast, but I feel like alcohol is the new cigarettes. And I know a lot of people, um, are kind of saying that. So it's like, at what point now are we going to start labeling alcohol to the extent that we label cigarettes, because it's honestly just as detrimental to your health. And it's kind of shocking um, that that we haven't gotten to that point yet. But um, I feel like there is hope because I feel like especially for, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this, but it seems like the last two years or so, a lot more people are kind of waking up and realizing, you know, just how bad alcohol is and just how much we don't need it. Um, so I kind of, you know, my hope for the future is that maybe, you know, more discussion of this, more open conversation, more research, more people, you know, learning about it is just going to sort of push us further to hopefully, you know, easing alcohol out in the same way that cigarettes have kind of become, uh, obsolete. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, what is it? People, you know, the death rate has to go up to a certain point yeah. for the government to be like, okay, we made a mistake. Now we're going to tax you more so we can get still get our money, but now we're going to make you do labeling and all this stuff. But I mean, it's it's funny because you know, alcohol is everywhere, right? And our kids see it and all that. Like I did a reel where I smoked like pack of cigarettes and for it, and I had the cigarettes in the house, and I asked my daughter, my 13 at the time year old daughter. Like, hey, throw me that uh, pack of cigarettes real quick because I was doing something for the real. Yeah. And uh, she, like, didn't want to do it. She didn't want to touch the pack of cigarettes because wow. that's how ingrained it is in these kids that smoking is just so bad for you that she it was like she was going to get cancer if she touched the pack. Um, wow. But yet everybody sees everybody drinking. And it's like, you know, oh, how do you expect our kids to, like, learn these, you know, how to cope with certain things. If all they see you do is, you know, come home. And if they saw all my daughter saw me do was come home at, at, at night and pour a glass of whiskey yeah. and relax, quote unquote, relax. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, so that's just teaching her that that's kind of the way to do things. Um, so 
that was a big part of why I changed too, was, you know, you know, that kind of relationship and that, uh, impact I was having. Yeah. I think it's, it's so normalized now and it is almost alarming because I mean, you look at how young kids start drinking now too, especially I think, um, this is kind of a tangent, but I know like vaping and, and jewels were really popular for a couple years. And I think a lot of their marketing was geared specifically towards younger kids because they knew that they could kind of suck them in. And I think some of these hard seltzers, these, you know, trendy looking beverages, it's the same kind of thing. It's, uh, it's sneaky marketing to get, um, people to kind of, you know, buy into it. But, um, yeah, I feel like I feel like such a big part of, you know, at least for me, kind of the, the struggle, at least, you know, throughout my journey of not having it is just how normalized it is in society and how expected it is of us to just participate in drinking. Whereas it's like if you say that you you aren't drinking, you know, you're the outlier like there's you're the outcast in the situation. So um, what has your experience been with that? Have you kind of felt like a social pressure still with uh, not drinking uh, right now? No, I don't care. Like I'll yeah. tell people and if they have questions then I'll talk to them about it. Cause I'm comfortable with it now. Yeah. This is me. This is me two and a half years later. Like yeah. early on, early on for sure. Like whenever it was like, it was January of 2019. I started and I made it like 60 days without drinking. Um, and you know, with the help of, you know, doing the new things and felt feeling better. And it was, I was motivated because I finally, you know, I had some accountability to somebody and, you know, I was able to do that. And then, I, but the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, when can I drink again? And all that. So I was still toying mm-hmm. with, I didn't know what I was doing with it yeah. long term. Um, but yeah, I, I would be like, like, oh, you know, Lent's coming up. You know, I haven't given up anything for Lent since I was a kid. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm giving up alcohol this year. Yeah. That, that, so yeah. Like, I had made up these excuses that fit in my life. You know, because I told, you know, obviously my wife knew I told my brother because, you know, him and I were drinking buddies and, you know, he would have found out before anybody else and both my brothers actually. And, uh, and, you know, I didn't tell many other people. Uh, if it came up, I, I had all kinds of excuses ready at the work happy hour of why I was only drinking one of the bottled waters or whatever. And, you know, I, I did feel that pressure. Um, I do think that that pressure was just a lot of my own on myself. Uh, there were people who kind of was like, Oh, come on, you know, but yeah, th- those were few and far between like, you know, I, it, it depends, I guess, like where you're at in life. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I was 39 at the time and, you know, I, I had a teenager, almost a teenager. And, and you know, it just, it, there's less pressure on somebody like me than it is a 24 year old, right. Who's thinking of doing this or even, you know, however old you want to put it there, but there's different, you know, everybody has different situations is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like it was a little bit easier for me from that perspective, but I just had to deal with myself then. Right. I had to deal with myself at the happy hour being like, uh, I, I'm not going to drink. Uh-huh. Um, so but it is it is a big deal a lot of people have those questions like especially with like family like there's an expectation there like whether it's a parent you know your parents drink or you know siblings and then you're trying to do this for yourself but you don't want them because you know families are tough and families yeah. you know might like oh so and so has a problem and well you know it spreads mm-hmm. um so you know navigating that is tough for, for a lot of people so you know coming up with you know, getting comfortable with it yourself. And just, I, I like to just push back on people. Like, 
all the positive things that are happening uh, as a result of this. Not like, oh, I had a problem, so I had to stop. It's like, yeah. you know what, I, I, I was drinking too much, I had to stop. You know, I, I wanted to stop for a little bit and then I, uh, I felt so good and I kept it going and, you know, we'll see what happens. Like just kind of uh, playing it off nonchalantly, but, you know, that takes practice too. So it is just kind of getting out there and, and getting more comfortable with it as, as, as slowly as you need to. Yeah, I think that's can. huge. Like for me, I mean, I'm I'm obviously an open book about it now, as you are. Like everyone around me knows, like, oh, Haley doesn't drink, and and really yeah. nobody bats an eye at this at this point. And even when I meet new people, I'm very open about it. It's not something that I hide away from because um, I do feel like, for me, from just an accountability standpoint, like sharing the benefits of it also reminds me of like why I'm doing this. Um, so it's it's really important, but. I remember even for me in the start, like I, we had this, um, this challenge that I was doing. I used to be a, an orange theory coach and we were doing this transformation challenge. And so I remember I used the excuse of, Oh, I'm doing this challenge as like my reason for not drinking whenever people would ask, um, because I wasn't comfortable at first, you know, saying it. So I think for anyone listening, like it's okay if you're not comfortable, you know, fully like stepping out and, you know, posting on social media about it, screaming from the rooftop, like I don't drink anymore. Um, different people, you know, you can say like, oh, I'm doing 75 hard, which is a challenge, you know, where you don't drink alcohol. There's so many things that you could say, um, to kind of not buy yourself time, but maybe just to be a little bit more comfortable in your skin with your reasoning. And then when you're ready to finally kind of step out and and own your decision and own your choice, then you can do it. But it's not like there's a fixed timeline for, for you to, to have to like, you don't owe anyone an explanation. Basically, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to say. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't owe anybody explanation, and I, I always recommend the challenges because. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know that we've talked about this, but anybody that doesn't know, a thousand hours dry account is it's an alcohol-free challenge at its at the heart of it. Um, it it's one thousand hours dry, which is forty-two days. So you know that is something I tell people. Tell people you're doing a thousand hours dry challenge. Um, if they say what's that, tell them and, yeah. and and just explain it like and you know if you if it works if, if you're at work say you're uh you're doing it with your brother and you're you're doing it or whoever just make somebody up and or vice versa and, and say that you know you have money on it or yeah you know you bet you bet something just you know that is because people won't give you pressure for that and in the end you don't deserve you know they don't you don't need to give them any explanation but people generally need an explanation right for this unfortunately so yeah um you know you have to get uh, that's why i like to give them something that mm-hmm. they really can't come back to you on like i feel good yeah i'm doing this challenge where if you if i drink right now i'm gonna lose you know 100 bucks 500 bucks whatever like or you don't have to lose anything just pride like you know whatever yeah uh you know just anything like that where you know versus like oh you know i have a problem and i can't do this or no, no, I'm not drinking tonight. And they're like, oh, come on. You can just have one, yeah. that famous line. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just having something, you know, that you're comfortable with saying is, I think, important. Yeah, especially if you're in a situation where you feel like you're going to be kind of peer pressured, like you said, the, oh, come on, the just one drink line. Um, I'm sure a lot of us have heard that if if you, yeah. you don't drink anymore, like we've all heard that. We've all kind of been in that position of like, oh, come on, you know, it's just one. Yeah. What harm can it do? Um, that's when I think it's so helpful to, to have these kinds of ideas. I never even thought about, 
um, you know, doing it as like a bet or even kind of just like telling someone that because um, when you have an explanation like that or you spin it in a positive light, there's really nothing that people can come back to you and say, you know, there's there's no refute that you're going to be getting from that. As all, as, although I did just think, I'm like, well, what if they come back and be like, oh, I'm in, let's do it. I'm oh, like, yeah. <laughs> all right, now we gotta, now we got to create a whole challenge. Yeah. Uh, but that's good. Get more people in. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, something else, too, with, with the whole thing is, like, I think about, you know, from exercising as a perspective of, like, rather than saying, oh, like, I have to work out now, say, you know what, I get to. So if you put that perspective with, like, removing alcohol from your life anymore, don't view it as, like, a punishment from yourself. Say, you know what, I don't need to drink anymore in order to have fun. I don't need to drink anymore in order to relieve my stress, to be uh, socially accepted, to fit in, to unwind. Like, think about your perspective um, with your journey, too. And um, is that something that you've kind of done, is, like, think about your perspective in that way? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely... I'm always like a positive, more positive person, realistic person, whatever. But, uh, but uh, I definitely, I guess one of the things too that drew me to like a thousand hours dry and those types of accounts and like your account where it is more of information and positive things about this. Um, and, and information being, you know, showing negatives or showing you know, consequences or how this reacts in your body and things like that. But then also showing, you know, looking at the positive side of it. And, and that's why I always say, like, you know, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning and you don't drink? Like, remember that. Uh, you know, think about that whenever you're debating at night whether you should have a drink. Like, okay, play that tape forward to the next day and how you're going to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, once, you, once I had a couple days, you know, once I had a couple days or weeks in where I wasn't drinking, like, my head was so crystal clear at one point, like, I messaged my therapist. I remember after like a couple of weeks and just been like, I was driving into work today and it finally just clicked. Like my mind was clear. And it's the first time I I've been this clear and I do not remember how long. And it's because I didn't have alcohol. Yeah. (laughs) Clouding all my uh, decisions. Uh, I feel like I got on tangent there. No, 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 you're fine. Um, (laughs) I'm kind of just thinking like, you know, just the the whole perspective thing, right? It's like, um, rather than, you know, you kind of touched on it with what these accounts share in terms of like positive information. It's like, think about how much you're gaining by not having alcohol in your life versus what you're losing by like missing out on it. I think that's such a huge internal um, shift. And that's something that took me a while to kind of understand. Like at first I was like, Mm, you know, like I did, there were times that I felt like I was missing out, like to be completely honest, like you see social gatherings or you kind of think about your old lifestyle and, um, you, you feel that sometimes pop up, but then you got to remind yourself, like, look at how much I I've gained. Like I don't wake up hungover anymore, which is such a huge blessing. Like I don't have to waste, um, a day or even two or three days, you know, hungover because I went too crazy the night before. Um, and I don't even remember what I did. So it's like, think about how much, how much you have to gain from making a decision for your health. And that's something else that I want to touch on too, is like, this is, this is such a powerful, you know, um, awesome thing that you're doing for your health. And it's something you should be proud of. It's not something you should ever be ashamed of doing. And I feel like there's a lot of stigma still around sobriety, which exists, unfortunately. 
Um, but I think, you know, people like you, you know, speaking out about it and, and just being open about um, the positives, like you said, and, and how beneficial it is, I think is what's probably going to be ushering us into hopefully, you know, phasing it out like tobacco kind of phased out. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's the common misconception, right? Like I have to be, you know, homeless under a bridge and at my rock bottom in order to have a uh, have this change in our life. And, it, and it's really just like a, it's been portrayed in society as an us or them problem. Like it's, it's like you either have this or you don't like, yeah. and that's not it. Like it's not black and white. There are many shades of gray in there that, that we, uh, you know, where people live for could be their whole lives where, you know, they just battle this where, you know, they just don't know that they can do something differently. And, and it, that's just not the case. Like, you know, you can, you know, I say my rock bottom was on the couch down right down in my living room, you know, at close to midnight on a Tuesday, you know, I just kind of broke down in tears. That was my rock bottom. I wasn't under, you know, I, my wife was in the next room. My daughter was there and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're sleeping and, you know, I had a job to go to the next day and, you know, all those things. And, and that was, you know, just it's different for everybody. Yeah. And I just knew I got to the point where I needed to change. And that point can be different for anybody. Um, Absolutely. You could, you could sit there and like, you could look up at five o'clock today and be like, oh, I had that urge for a drink. And you could be like, you know what? I'm sick of this. And I, I, yeah. I need to change something. Or you could throw away an empty wine bottle at the end of the night tonight and be like, I, I can't do this every day. And, you know, which everybody else is doing it, every, you know, yeah. everybody, everybody else is doing it and, and it seems okay. But if you feel that you need to make a change for yourself, do it. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to think about like the moment when you kind of wake up to it. Cause for me, it was in the middle of a concert on the day before new year's Eve and I was holding a champagne glass and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, wow. this isn't fun anymore. I actually have chills like thinking about it right now. And it was in that moment that I, um, that I was like, yeah, this is it. I'm done. And ever since then, I, um, I haven't turned back. So it's like, it's, it's funny how for all of us, you know, it's, it's something different and it doesn't have to be, like you said, that rock bottom of being homeless under a bridge or being so broken down and and down on yourself. There's so many different shades of gray, so to speak of, of, um, everyone's relationship to alcohol too. And it's, it's totally different for everyone. Yeah. I mean, I've heard people say, be like, you know, oh, you're quitting drinking? Like, what? You haven't even gotten a DUI or anything. Like, you're fine. Like, yeah. like that's the bar. And that's what that's some people think. And it's like, right. you know, that's not a that's not a good thing. No. <laughs> it's not something that you want to get. That's not the point you want to get to. Yeah. Um, take an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. I think we need to normalize the gray area. I think that that's, that's something that's For huge. Sure. And um, I think with a thousand hours dry, you know, um, and you and so many other people, like, I think it is starting to get more normalized now, even in the time since, since I've stopped drinking and I've kind of explored this community, I see so many more people talking about it now, um, which is so amazing. And I even think to what you said, what it was like the end of 2018 that you said it was only AA or, or, uh, you know, on your own and look at how, look at how much this community yeah. has grown now. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so much that I, you know, I went back and got, you know, certified as a coach because I wanted yeah. to help other people and kind of like how I started down this path. I wanted to be able to connect with somebody and just help them through. And, uh, you know, you know, I, so I coach on reframe 
that's another yeah. resource. The reframe app, mm -hmm. it had you can it has a cutback track or as a quit track. Like you you don't have to just be looking to quit. You can be looking to cut back, but it's just all this information in your pocket that I wish I had. I, I know it sounds like a plug, but I wish I yeah. had all of these tools because I didn't know what a toolkit was. Like mm -hmm. like my get my sober toolbox, like with all my things like journaling, meditation, exercise, you know, therapy, like all those things that I kind of put built into my own toolbox, like, you know, think these apps like this have all this stuff there and lots of information, uh, you know, sober Instagram, uh, yeah. go check that out. I mean, there's just so much at our fingertips now. Uh, so many call, you know, meetings, podcasts, everything. So it's awesome. Yeah. Not sponsored by reframe, but reframe is absolutely amazing yeah. guys. Um, I'm telling you, like, especially if you're someone that's listening to this and you're wheels might be turning. And like you said, if you're not ready to fully ditch it yet, you know, there is that in between area. If you're just looking to yeah. cut back, like there's so many resources in there and there's so much opportunity to connect with other people and, you know, to find accountability. So, um, you know, that's amazing. Sober Instagram is amazing. Um, I guess just to kind of wrap things up, would you have any other closing, um, you know, advice or, or insights to anybody maybe that's looking to kind of ditch alcohol? Uh, well, kind of already hit on a lot of them, but yeah, I mean, just reach out and talk and talk to somebody, uh, you know, don't feel like you have to do this on your own and, you know, don't feel like, you know, there's only a couple options and you're not willing to do any of them. And what if someone sees me or, you know, thinks negatively on me? I mean, there's so many things now that you can just do, you know, in, in the background and, mm -hmm. and get support with, uh, that we just talked about that, you know, it, it's, it can't hurt to try and reach out to us, message us, you know, message a thousand hours dry, message any of these accounts and ask, ask advice, like just, just reach out and ask. Uh, and if you are, you know, drinking and, you know, somebody does say, you know, uh, like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not drinking tonight or I'm not drinking or whatever. You know, if you're looking, you're getting around and you're like, you want a beer, you want a beer, you know, oh, you're not drinking. Like, okay. And just, just what, do you want something else? Like, yeah. don't, don't say, why aren't you drinking? Like be mm -hmm. supportive of that person because you don't know what's going on in their head. You don't know what they're battling with. Um, so, I mean, just show some respect and, and yeah, help them out. Yeah. That's some sound advice for sure. Um, I want to give you a chance to kind of just like, uh, you know, plug yourself here. So where can people find you? Where can they stay connected with you? If, if people want to work with you too, where, where can they uh, find you? Uh, well, you can find me um, uh, at the Sober Ginger uh, on Instagram. And, you know, you can just send me a message there. Uh, you know, I, I post there and then I host over on 1000 Hours Drive. I uh, host on Saturdays there uh, for now. And, uh, you know, we've done a bunch of lives where I've talked to people, you know, go check those out. Um, but, you know, try the challenge for yourself. See how it, see how it feels. We're having another one starting uh, for Sober October. So it'll be oh nice uh, sober October, sober October for overachievers because we're 42 days. So oh, it'll, okay. it'll, it'll dip into November a little bit. Um, but, yeah, check us out over there. Uh, look at all our other hosts and, and connect with them. Uh, if somebody, you know, like I said, if you click with somebody uh, and if you want to work with me, yeah, I go check out the reframe app. Uh, I'm coaching over there. Um, and that's just a great tool to have in your pocket. And it's, you know, for the price of, I think two drinks a month. Yeah. Like yeah, that's, that's the way I always kind of look at it too, is like all those things that you save and, and, 
and the, all the positive things like how about money like the fact that yeah uh, if, I, I haven't looked lately at my app but if i had to guess i'm probably above twenty thousand dollars now saved over like well over two years mm -hmm. um i know people are less i i saw somebody the other day post they saved like thirty seven thousand dollars in that oh time. my god uh you know just you just there, there's you know all those benefits uh that's just another one um, yeah but yeah check me out anywhere over there and uh you can message me ask me any questions yeah happy to answer that's such an overlooked uh thing by the way the um the money you save i would have yeah. to go back and see how much um but yeah that's that's incredible guys um thank you so much for coming on this was seriously this was really awesome and um i hope everybody listening to this sort of you know gained a little bit more insight and um you know found something valuable from our conversation but kevin thank you so much for coming on thanks so much for having me and appreciate it